0: Hello everybody, and welcome to the Enterprise Dish. It is hot. It is humid outside. I guess I guess it depends where you are. It is raining near Rick. It is, I would say, beautiful and sunny. It's definitely sunny. It's way too hot outside to be out. Hot outside to be outside. But how is it going, Mr. Rick Vanover?
1: Well, I'm trying to keep cool, and uh, here in the office, it's pretty easy. The aircon is working great. But yeah, 94, the 34 Celsius. Whoo, that is a hot day, baby. Um, but i um a little bit too hot i see some really heavy rain coming in on the window over here so let's, i'm sure the internet and uh, power will stay here in the office no no guarantee at home though we'll see <laughs> yeah
0: it is uh uh it's over heat index is like 104 Ugh. It's upper 90s where i am that just not it's 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 miserable I, I, like, Why don't you
1: go out and like clean the garage that's a great time to do that well <laughs> with the door shut
0: there uh, yeah some things actually i need to put into the attic and i've been holding off because i bet my attic's probably like 120 degrees you I mean, would just die like organize it yeah go go <laughs> what a great time to go organize the attic
1: with all you know there's there's the insulation so you better wear a sweatshirt <laughs> Yeah, don't you f- want to lose some water weight? Now's the day,
0: <laughs> yeah. No kidding, it, it's uh, it's spicy, it is spicy, and there is, Rick, as we very briefly talked, a lot going on right now. It's the end of June, Microsoft is shoving out all their announcements. They have officially announced for our developer friends listening, uh, Visual Studio 2022, which will more than likely ship later this year. But the, the first preview is out, and Microsoft loves to predate things before they ship them, but you can go grab that bit if you want to go download it. Yeah, I saw that. And, you know, the one bit that I saw is
1: that it's 64-bit, okay? Mm -hmm. So that's kind of a unique element, right? Uh, But, uh, you know, it does kind of say, you know, you got to, I think that's kind of an interesting um, time, Mm -hmm. right, when it comes to this. And I'm not a developer, right? But when I read, like, some of the news from Microsoft, it's like, that's like the very first bullet point, right? So uh, something to keep in mind, but yeah, I think the app developers, you know, I think the one thing I look here at this is Mm -hmm. I always try to say how, like, how integrated is it with Azure, right? And it doesn't like, doesn't pivot too hard to being like, oh, you can only do all these great things in Azure, which is one of my big fears, honestly, Mm -hmm. for some of the development cycles that go in. So I thought it was kind of a, natural milestone, natural progression. Um, you know, the developers I'm hanging around with nowadays, they jump around Kubernetes world. So mm-hmm. it's a different skill set. Right? So uh, to be watched, but, you know, there's still so many apps built on Visual Studio out in the world that uh, updating them, uh, businesses, it's uh, its its a common currency in the data center for sure.
0: Also things... Pretty closely tied to Azure as in nice little segue here. Uh, Microsoft has a product, or had I should say, called Windows Virtual Desktop. They are now officially rebranding that because they haven't officially announced, I think, any new features with this, but I think we could all figure out probably where they're going. They're now calling it Azure Virtual Desktops, which to me makes me think that they might offer Linux desktops through this experience here. Got it all
1: wrong. It's about the new logo, Brad. It's
0: the new logo. Oh, not the logo. Yes. No.
1: Um, I'll play another angle here. Um, You might remember when Azure was born, it was called Windows Azure. Yes. In fact, I still have one of my old laptops in a museum with the sticker on it, right? (laughs) So uh, nomenclature, I wouldn't go too far into it, but I'd also go so far as to say that people are probably already using Linux VMs in Azure for Mm -hmm. jump boxing and data labbing and whatever else they might need to do. So it might not be too novel of an idea, should it you know, depart from the Windows OS, but you don't want to predicate a name to to exclude it by default. So uh, I wouldn't read too much into it, but uh, I'll also go so far as to say is that, oh, it's now available on Linux. I'll forget everything about Windows. I know, no, that's not happening either. Right. So yeah, a little bit of reality check on you, newsboy. <laughs>
0: came here to talk (laughs) not to feel but here we are (laughs) also speaking of newsboy uh microsoft officially has acquired refirm labs to add the s into iot it is actually a security-based firm that specializes in the iot or the things at the edge typically speaking um so microsoft is continuing to make acquisitions with their two trillion dollar plus market cap as of the time of the recording
1: that's it (laughs) but anyways, uh, no, that's a good that's a good investment because the security angle, no matter what you're doing, there's no such thing as too much security. That's what I tell my team. There's no such thing as too much cloud. Mm -hmm. So that's a good investment. You know, maybe I'm not familiar with the, the technology or the products, but the thought is maybe they see something that can scale and do more. Uh, with longer-term initiatives. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's good. That's the type of stuff I would expect them to be doing now with with uh, that type of coin or bills.
0: Yeah, or I'll shares, something along share. those lines. But, or Rick, banks. We, we do have a very good and timely question that came in from a reader, and I want to get your perspective, and then I will give you, uh, after you whatever say whatever, I'll give you some insight into what we see just on page views on the site but uh we have several this 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 is the reader question we have several windows server 2012 r2 boxes that we need to migrate most likely early next year to mid next year would you would rick move to server 2019 or roll the dice and go to server 2022
1: interesting question because it basically tells me 2016 isn't a candidate yep right okay because that actually is almost my first answer Really. And, and Yeah, let me explain, because maybe people are going to hate me. Maybe you'll never invite me back, Brad. But, you know, if you sometimes have a Windows server and you put the CD, the DVD in or mount the ISO and say upgrade, you know, a lot of times that actually works. Mm -hmm. Now, this is stuff that it sounds crazy. This is the stuff you would answer on a microsoft test like this is the way microsoft wants you to pass the certification test mm-hmm. how do you upgrade to windows well you put in the thing you say upgrade okay that's mm-hmm. like almost like a test question type of scenario but let me put some context with it now i live in a world where i've got backup products that help me do amazing things i had the same conversation with 2008 r2 end of uh end of life and basically i was putting in the image upgrading it to 2012 or two and it just works but you can test that with your backup tools like in a data lab a virtual lab so that you know that the upgrade goes well now that being said you can verify it to 2016 then verify it to 2019 and then roll the dice and verify it to 2022 what i don't like with the question is the whole roll the dice
0: Mm -hmm.
1: because that implies you don't have a way of verifying it and um you know for the reader message me on Twitter, I'll I'll give you the the mind share on this. But basically, if it's a physical server, we could do magic and convert it to a virtual machine to do this, test it, and then repeat that on the physical platform. Or you could just go ahead and virtualize it now. Or if it is a virtual machine, you can do these tests uh, straight through. So it's easier than one thinks to take the rolling of the dice out of that equation. But I would, you know, if it was, actually I have one of these at home. I'll admit it. I have something at home that is 2012 R2 and I need to do the same thing. I'm probably going to go to 2019 myself, but 2016 first, because that's how the upgrade works easy. But so, that's just me. That's just me. You know, everybody that each their own. Yeah.
0: So. I think that's, I think 2019 is probably where I suspect most people end up now there's a little needs to be like a major caveat to this because server 2020 2022 isn't fully finalized and shipping yet. We're still in that early phases, but being the content creator that I I am and the SEO master that we do, we have already have guides for running, uh, upgrading from 2012 R2 to 2019 and 2016 and even 2022. And I can tell you from a data analytics point of view, the 2019 is in the lead by a significant portion in terms of page view of people just trying to get their feet wet about where they're going to move 2012 R2.
1: Fair shout, backing it up with data. I like that. The other angle I would add one more is that's a long-term servicing channel that still has plenty of term mm. left. You know, uh, There's no need to break out the bleeding edge to make it hurt because chances are for the reader, this is an important system. Yep that is around this long. So the more I talk to organizations, you know, there's a lot going on with stuff. So it is okay to be N minus one, right? That's okay. So um, yeah, 2019 seems to bubble up.
0: Yeah, and you can't ignore, because I know if we don't mention this, someone will absolutely email me or send me a, a not nice message. You can go to AWS or Azure or Google Cloud too. Your migration, if you are not, um, buying new hardware or your hard, hardware is starting to age out, you don't have to go to on premises. You can actually migrate to the cloud, and there is a lot of documentation that Microsoft will very happily provide to you. And if you're large enough, they'll even potentially do it for you or give you a lot of resources called Fast Track to get you into their cloud. So,
1: yeah, that brings up a good point because I don't know when it will be, but there will be a time where those 2012 systems will go end of life. Yep. I want to say it's 2025 and i would fully suspect that they'll do the playbook that they did for 2008 which is give you three more years of updates for free but in azure Mm -hmm. so i would caution if the cloud becomes an option if you built some sort of process around aws google or other clouds that aren't Azure, because that ongoing upgrades will be an Azure exclusive type of situation. So, that's the one kind of let's not step on the same rake twice type of problem that yep. I want to recommend to people.
0: Yeah, and I, I firmly believe that if you truly are going from 2012 R2, and, I, and this is basically if we're vomiting what you just said, if you're going to the cloud you need to re-architect how you're running your environment because quite literally moving that up to the cloud in a VM in a very similar manner is not going to be sufficient to gaining any, you're not going to get any efficiency by basically lifting and putting that in the cloud as opposed to actually re-architecting how you're you're running.
1: Lift and shift is a great way to burn your cloud cloud credits. Yes.
0: Yep. I, ooh, that's a great post. Hey, maybe I'll even write it. I was going to say. That is, because that, well, that, it, it, the reality is, I think there's, and you pro- probably have some better insight than I do, but there's a lot of different ways people move to the cloud. There's the, I'm a new company, like I'm not building out infrastructure, we're running on AWS Azure, pick your cloud vendor. Then there's the people who do it uh, strategically, right? We're like, okay, this is a 10-year journey, we're going to do A, B, and C pieces independently move over. And then there's the panic migration, which is, I need to take all this stuff up, we hopefully not ransomware, whatever extraneous force is moving you over. And that's the method that they go because they think it's going to be the best, you know, fastest migration. And it's not, it doesn't always pan out that way. It might get you up and running, but then you're going to be burning quick, real quick once you're up and running.
1: Yeah. I mean, the the clouds model is it's easy to get started. It's easy to come on in, right? It's easy to consume more, which is exactly the way the on-premises environment works, you know, you need more RAM, you need more network, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever. It's, it's not really a concern, but the economic model uh, is not in favor of lift and shift. I have spoken with organizations on both of the clouds that start with a, but I have spoken with organizations where lift and shift was not economical and they re domiciled those workloads back to on prem Yeah. Mm -hmm. So this can be a significant deal breaker for a lot of things now. And it's not just that it wasn't right sized. It's mm-hmm. just the whole thing. It's egress. It's, um, you know, Ram and those types of things. So, and then if you, especially if you, uh, couple the potential audit requirements that might go with, like, for example, you can have, um, In fact, I wrote something about this. It will be up on Petri Mm soon-ish. But if you have like some of the Defender services turned on where you might need that type of stuff if it's in a cloud, that can add a significant amount of money just to have it in scope of Defender per VM. Um, I want to say it's around 100 bucks a month just to have that on, wow. right? And so as I look at my blog post draft to then get numbers right as we do this live, so prepared. <laughs> uh, sorry, $14. I thought that sounded high. So um, one Azure VM, $14.6. I had $146 in my mind, gotcha. 14.6. So $14.60, that was U.S. North Central Region Azure for Azure Defender for servers. Mm-hmm. And then you might also need it for the storage service, right? So think, I don't want to call it a tax, but right off the bat, 14 yeah. bucks. And then if you have how many? And then if right. you have how many months? I mean, that's in addition to the actual compute service. So, you know, if you think about lift and shift with some of the things you may need, it can add up pretty quick.
0: Yeah, it, it's funny you kind of you'll see where I'm headed with this. I just sat through, uh, not sat through, but participated and hung out. HPE just had their uh, event last, last week. Yes. Last week. week. Yeah. They discover last week. And I sat through and I, I listened to a bunch of it. And obviously they are all in on hybrid and they, I mean, that's that's kind of like their wheelhouse, right? They've got their on-premises stuff. But they are also introducing some new, with like elasticity locally, which I'm still digging into, called Silicon On Demand, where you will be able to unlock certain features at the chip level on demand without paying for it for your initial upfront cost. And it's quite literally called Silicon On Demand, um, which is going to be an interesting dynamic for people who are looking to potentially buy more hardware.
1: Isn't that like a... Like your car, electronic car, you get the big battery, little, little battery, but it's just a license to unlock the big That's one. That's
0: exactly what it is. But you pay less okay. up front. So depending on. You
1: know, to be fair, more software controls on the hardware for to match the model in the preferred consumption. I'm all for that, yep. actually, because think of the agility. Think of the problem it solves where there are reasons to keep stuff on prem. There are reasons to have yep. full control over this data. But the allocation to, oh, I need to double my CPU or RAM or resource mm. or whatever, you know, supply chains are kind of a concern now. So, hey, maybe HPE is onto something.
0: Yeah. The other like sort of business part of my brain kicks on too. And it's like, I wonder if HPE actually sees any cost savings as well. If they standardize on a particular set of chips, knowing that, hey, we're buying, making up numbers here, a million of these chips. And then we're going to skew them out separately um beyond that do they do they see any benefit from their side by having effectively fewer SKUs on the physical side but potentially more on the software side too
1: yeah that's actually an interesting angle they could potentially so i I don't know if you know this brad but 20 years ago i lived and did a lot of stuff in the supply chain space i did not and i would make some decisions about technology I would place somewhere based on service levels and there Mm -hmm. was a brand and a lot of times it was HPE or Dell or IBM, you know, when I would decide what we would do, but like, you know, there were scenarios where in this location, you know, all over the world, you know, I needed four hour parts, yeah, you know, because the stuff I was doing was very significant, very important for that company. Um, You know, everything from the mail to airport baggage to Mm -hmm. online ordering. Right. But like that the, the the parts Depot was the hardest thing for us to manage believe it or not you know so hpe may be on something standardization absolutely would be very appealing and um technology as a service silicon as a service I like it that is that could that could be that could be actually next level revolutionary
0: yeah you just I- have it it's one of those things, and again, I don't know enough about it because it's quite literally less than a week old. On paper, it sounds pretty interesting, but we got to wait and see how the practicality of it plays out in, you know, I'd love to actually talk to customers who are going to potentially explore this model and see, you know, why are you going this way? What potential savings do you think you're going to see? What, you know, what's the appeal from the, the customer side? Uh, and I would love to know that narrative and then actually monitor it throughout at least a little bit of the life cycle to see if the paper promises play out in uh, practicality.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, HPE has a very interesting and very well-defined business model of yep. partners, right? So if they have something, and, and this is the business of this business of sorts, they will enable their partners to say, hey, this is how you can you know, make money, honestly, on this and solve Mm. customer problems and if you get all three of those lined up you you have a great recipe and hpe's great partner of beams uh they've um they they they, i I actually give it pretty high high likelihood of success based on what i'm hearing yeah
0: of course you know
1: i i missed hpe discover last week i i'm so burnt on virtual events i love hpe calvin zito my man but um no i didn't get to watch it i feel guilty now
0: well that was part of the problem too is much like you're experiencing um, I was in and out of some some sessions people like did you catch the thing in the morning it's like this is the problem with virtual conferences at this scale it's that when I'm let's say it's in Vegas because that's where they usually hold it like when you're there you're there like you're the distraction of a team's message is significantly less when you're sitting in the audience versus when you're sitting at your computer and like well I could do this and I know I'll be there later and so I did miss some of it but um yeah, that was last. I have week. the
1: same. I have the same problem here. Um, my office is open. It's safe, legal, and smart for that here. And um, go back a year or two ago, if my team or people I work with came in mm-hmm. to the Ohio office and we'd have meetings or whatever, I actually was kind of less involved with it because I still had to take the kid to school, sure. still had to be home for dinner. Yep. You know, and like I was the first one to leave. You know those types of things. Yep. So it is you almost have to extract yourself. If it's important to you, you have to extract yourself and focus on a matter. Um, but there are a lot of things pulling at people like that. So, um, I just got off the call last week. We had our first call for my first Law. large industry event, hymns, the healthcare event, oh, is yeah. go to Las Vegas. And, um, I'm looking forward to that. It's going to be different. I'm mm-hmm. looking forward to that, but, that is a vertical that, uh, I think I want to give it my attention. Right. And I'll give a little free shout. Um, uh, if anybody's going to be at Hims. one of the things I'm going to be doing is offering free private ransomware consultations. Hmm. So, um, if anybody talks about their ransomware resiliency, we can book a meeting with Veeam and I can talk privately on it. Cause sometimes you don't want to bring it up on a webinar. Yeah. Hey, I got this. Oh, so I, I'm going to try something new, but, uh, Anyways, long the short, you know, it's one of those things. Yeah, I, I will be able to catch the morning thing because I'm going to be involved and like yep. encompassed and engulfed in it. So I get it.
0: I get it. I'm looking for. Have you didn't did you do some recent travel?
1: I did. I yeah. had a partner of Veeam's have mm-hmm. a trip. Uh, I was into Wisconsin. And I mean, I'll be. I'll be transparent to the audience here. Right. You know, I've been fully vaccinated, so I felt comfortable with it. And with our travel policies here at Veeam, that's one element. You have to be comfortable with it. We don't Mm -hmm. want anyone to be forced into something they're not comfortable doing. Um, it was different, uh, just getting there, but once, once it was like underway, it felt very much the same, very normal. So, um, it felt great to get back at it. Uh, we see a couple of things, uh, Corinne on my team, she had a, uh, an, Office or Microsoft 365 focused event in Orlando, the first part of this of mm-hmm. June. Uh, there's another one, a SharePoint focused event in July that Beam will be at. So we're seeing things start to start back up. And it's it's honestly, Brad, it's very refreshing, very refreshing.
0: Yep. I am looking forward to the first. I don't, I don't know what my first major trade show is going to be. There's a bunch of little things that we know we're going to pop up here starting probably in September-ish um that i'm very much looking forward to so uh what else is on your agenda rick anything
1: yeah some vacation good got suntan yeah not work on the deck um went to tennessee going to florida nice veeam stuff um we got i worked on the new ransomware paper and we're probably due for a ransomware themed uh episode here because again yeah. uh we we always have, I always have good information to share there probably in August I have I'm aggregating all my research for that gotcha. good time um the other stuff going on were you know fresh off of v11 mm-hmm. um, we've had a very good release there very good second quarter um I don't know that's about it a whole bunch of everything going on
0: there is a whole bunch of everything and it's a it's a good feeling. It is right, and I, I
1: feel like there's a little bit of the normal stuff coming back in. I mean, I did see that the Amazon Reinvent committed to Las Vegas in December. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm eyeing some Gartner events. I'm eyeing some. Um, actually, I'm going to probably secure something at this um, new event. I'm, I'm always looking for new communities. Sure. Right. And you know, given this little pause of this type of stuff, the communities have changed. Yep. Right. So. Uh, what I'm trying to do is make sure that, that Veeam and, and myself are aware and engaged in these communities, right? So um, that's kind of the other kind of X factor that I've been working on is like, okay, what's new, right? You can't just come in, oh, 2019 is back. No, it's got to right. be different now. So,
0: um,
1: yeah, I got to sharpen the saw.
0: As do we all. And if you want to keep yeah. your shaw your saw, your shaw, Shopping your saw extra sharp. I almost had the perfect transition. I was going to tell everyone to make sure to keep it subscribed to this podcast because we very much appreciate Rick hanging out with us. We appreciate all of you listening and we'll catch all of you right back here next time.